Welcome to the Sovereignty, a royal gossip podcast. As always, all statements are our own opinions unless otherwise sourced or noted. The Sovereignty Hey guys, welcome back. Second official episode of The Sovereignty, a royal gossip podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Allison. And we are happy to have you back. Um, we're on, we've had a little bit of a delay due to um, personal things like I have a baby and my weekend was busted, so we <laughs> didn't get together as planned, but we got a little extra coverage of Remembrance Day because of that, so I guess it's it's Monday in our lives. I don't know when you'll officially be hearing us. Hopefully Wednesday. <laughs> but um, hopefully there's no, like, anything big that happens in the next two days. But yeah. We'll, I think we'll be recording on Monday, so hopefully that'll give us the weekend to get the most up-to-date current events and gossip for you all. Absolutely. So do you want to start with Remembrance Day then? Well, should we give an outline of some stuff we're going to cover? Sure. Okay, so I think we're doing Remembrance Day, a little touch on the outfits, um, the 60 Minutes hot mic. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I want to touch on the seating at Remembrance, but I guess that goes into that. Do you oh, want to? I've got a quiz for you. You have the quiz. Do you want to cover the history of Remembrance Day first, yeah. and then we'll go from there? And then um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, headline drama with Meghan and Harry, just because I find it to be ridiculous and... I think after that, we're going to probably touch on, I'm looking real quickly, upcoming events, which I don't have anything on that, but um, I'm excited to hear about what you have there. So, And then of course, we will end with our favorite outfits, and I have one this week. Oh my gosh. And a least favorite. Ooh. Well, yeah. I wonder if our least favorite is the same, but we can get there when we get there. Neither of mine are from the British royal family. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. Mine are the obvious ones from the royal family, guys, so I'm sorry about that. I dug deep. <laughs> I'm excited to see. Um, okay, so let's get started with Remembrance Day history. I will just touch on it's November 11th, mm-hmm. so it's the 11th day of the 11th month, and they honor At 11 it. 11 a.m. And they honor it in the 11th hour. Do you know why they pick 11? Um, because that is when the armistice was signed. That's so nice. Like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, now keep going. <laughs> um, so they do two minutes of silence at 11 a.m. to remember those who have died in wars. So this was actually, it marks the end of World War One, but they celebrate the lives of all that have been lost um, and, and thank them uh, in all, in World War One, World War Two, and all other conflicts. Um, so... It was the first two minutes of silence was actually held on the 11th of November in 1919, and this was asked by King George V. Um, In a BBC article I read, he asked for silence so that, quote, the thoughts of everyone may be concentrated on reverent remembrance of the glorious dead, end quote. So silence is observed all around, uh, but so it, because the 11th doesn't always fall on a Sunday for Remembrance Sunday. They celebrate Remembrance Sunday before the 11th. So so hypothetically, if Remembrance Sunday was, or if the 11th was on a Sunday, the previous Sunday, they would do Remembrance Sunday, or would they combine the two? They would combine the two. Interesting. Um, and so then that's when they would observe the two minutes of silence. Got it. Um, so 
well the yeah because remembrance sunday is always on the second sunday in november um so you'll notice that people start wearing poppies and there's actually no correct way to wear a poppy and the poppies are in honor of those who have lost their lives and they're actually different colors but you really see the red ones because that is a memorial to world war one and all following conflicts but if you see a purple it's to remember animal victims of war oh I know, so like horses that have died in wars, dogs. I don't like, think I've ever seen a purple one. I haven't either. The royal family. That's what Megan should do to get the people to like her. Wear a purple poppy, guys. See, I was kind of wondering if she would wear a black poppy because the black poppy is to remember African, black, and Caribbean communities' contributions. And I was like, what a great way. Like, you know how she just did the um, speech in Africa where she was like, I'm here for you as a mother as a, and as a sister and as a woman. And I was like, that would be like if she was if she would be the only one in the family who could empathize potentially with that and i think that that would be like a really great way to draw in more do you think it would have gotten an eye roll though i'm there are people that are going to eye roll everything that's fair so regardless even if she like even her red poppy i saw some people being like her poppy isn't jeweled and i can't believe she doesn't she just wore a paper poppy and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna roll my eyes so hard I was um, curious about the paper poppy aspect. Do you know anything about that? Where, like, the queen had three? She had five. Or five. Oh, okay. Because she cover- wears one for each of the branches of the armed services. Okay. Um, and Kate wears three for each one of her family members. But then I also saw this year that she had one. Um, she had, like, a special commemorative poppy from the Code Breakers. And I have something on that. Oh, okay. Okay, so the brooch's design is inspired by the rotors of the Enigma machines from which the Allied cryptologists successfully decrypted a vast number of enemy messages during the Second World War. Did you see that movie? I have not. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's got... Um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in it, and Ooh. I believe. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. fantastic. Uh, I haven't seen it. I need to see it. And so, for the first time ever, Kate was spotted wearing a special brooch at the commemoration, and it was incredibly meaningful to her because evidently her paternal grandmother was part of the effort to decipher the um, code breaking. So she worked on that and. Her grandmother's name was Valerie Glossborough, and her twin sister Mary both worked at the on mm-hmm. the code breaking, which I thought was really fascinating and neat that Kate had, you know, a veteran in her family, and it was a woman in mm-hmm. a way. So, well, in a way, it was a veteran. I guess they didn't serve war, or does that count as serving war if you're doing code breaking? I believe that it, it okay because I was like, it's not you know face to face combat, but it, oh yeah, yeah, just like as in the U.S. when we had you know, like Rosie the Riveter and like the women on the f- like essentially front lines in America. I just, like, I think it's incredible that she has like that feminist aspect of like women helping women and, and to wear that brooch. And you can apparently buy it for twenty nine ninety nine if anyone's really interested. Just You want to throw Google. the link in there? I, I can, <laughs> um, but you can, you can Google it and just Kate brooch <laughs> Remembrance Day. It's everywhere. It's pretty. It's very modern looking, which is nice. Yeah. So um, the, re- the Remembrance Sunday is actually one of the biggest events on the royal calendar just because it is so rooted in history the queen has actually only missed six of these ceremonies um so in 1959 and 1963 during her pregnancies with andrew and edward and then when she was overseas uh on royal tours though wreaths were still laid on her behalf so in 61 she was in ghana 68 brazil 83 kenya and in 99 she was in south africa 
So starting in 2017, she sort of acknowledged her physical limitations and had Charles start laying the wreaths for her. How long is the walk to like lay the wreath, though? I'm not sure if it's the, about the long walk, but... Do you think it's as much about like physical limitations more so that she wants her son to start like passing the torch? Kind yeah, of thing? more passing the torch, getting his face out there, being the person that they look to in this day. Like, I don't think it's her physical limitations because that woman will ride a horse. I know. She's do anything so great. she can. Like, she's out and living. So I think it's more of a passing a torch, but they say that. I believe Philip not participating anymore might be a physical limitation. Yeah. And maybe she doesn't want him to look weak, so she's like in solidarity. Well, he wasn't even there. I know, which I want to talk year. about after. Okay. Yeah, but keep going. Um, I think I just have uh, like a few more things. Um, uh, 2018 was the 100th anniversary, and the Queen and her government invited the German's president, Frank Walter Steinmeier, to place a wreath at the foot of the cenotaph. And um, that was the first time a German representative had been welcomed to do so which was just, like, so cool. Actually, Megan was on the balcony with him last year. Oh, okay. Um, so let me just double-check. I think I got everything. So why do you think Philip is not attending? I think that he has – he's older and he has more health issues. 98. And he retired from public service. So I guess my thought is, would you consider this public service when it's, like, a state holiday? Like, he could sit in the box and not lay a wreath and still be there. Part of me is worrying that he is, like, really starting to deteriorate. And this is all alleged, like, allegedly my opinion. Like, I just, I'm curious why he would not just sit in the box. Because it's only, like, a couple, at most a couple hours. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like the only time we've seen him is, we saw him this year at Eugenie's wedding. And that's it? Yeah. I mean, I think we saw a few snaps of him at Balmoral, but... And when he, like, you know, drove his car into the crowd. I'm sorry. I'm She's sorry. laughing. I'm sorry. Okay, the reason I'm laughing, guys, it has nothing to do with me hoping someone gets in a car accident or laughing at the elderly in that regard. I have a personal memory of my grandmother when she got to an age when she should not have been driving and my aunts and my mother all trying to, like slyly get the keys away and um they used to refer to her as a bat out of hell because she would either (laughs) drive at like two miles per hour or like 95 and so um I'm just laughing personally because I like I remember that stage and I know I will experience it at some point when I'm too old to drive if I'm lucky and I get to live that long um but I do I chuckle a little bit about the fact that like can't take those Range Rover keys away from Philip (laughs) not over his you know alive body but um yeah, no, it was I thought it was all really beautiful. I wanted to comment on the fact of the separate seating in the box. Oh, yeah, okay. So, there was a lot of drama about the fact that Kate, Camilla, and the Queen were all seated in the main center box and then it was Which is the same as last year. Yep, and then it was Sophie um Sophie Ma- Megan and Princess Anne's husband. Okay, that's why I was I couldn't remember who the the man was and um they were on a box to the right which I guess technically to their left, but to our right. Mm -hmm. And um, everyone was kind of saying that it was a diss to Megan. Like, why wasn't she in the box? The box can fit more people. And the whole time, all I could think was like, 
this was intentional just about seating. It's a wonderful visual moment and who knows how many that will have where it's like the three queens honoring the people who have served. Mm-hmm. And so Megan will never rule. She is always off to the side in most events. At, like whenever there's like a a theater event when there's multiple seating, she's always back row or back further back row into the side. Correct. She's rarely front and center with the people who are in line to rule because so, it's the order of precedence yes which okay you okay. let me know when you're ready i'm so, oh, so excited she's excited allison's excited because she has a quiz for me which i will fail guys i know no, it I but you might be able to um i just i for all the drama and trying to stir up fighting between the women i'm just this is so unnecessary oh, totally kate is not turning her nose up at megan i have always truthfully felt that like any issue between the families is between the boys. I don't actually think Kate would ever publicly or privately have a lot of issue with Megan unless it's like literally just complaining in bed over chatter to William like, oh my God, did you see what she was wearing? Just as all Yeah, like just normal sister-in-law drama. I don't think it's anything bigger than that. I think the... Except for I know my sister-in-law listens to this and I love her. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. My sister-in-law, oh, she's sweet. Um, she is having kind of a bad week, so I'm. I'll just give her a shout out. <laughs> I don't think she'll ever listen. Ashley, I hope you're doing okay. Um, and I just, I don't think it's anything like more than no. that. And we've never covered it because we we came late to podcasting with royal stuff. But did you actually think Megan made Kate cry? Because I don't think she would be capable. I think Kate is like. I think yes, but I don't think. Really? I do. I think that it was, think about how high tensions were You think it was like a frustration cry? Yes. And I, so Megan was in the midst of all this wedding planning, was really stressed. I think she was a little bit upset with maybe the, you know, a a child, because I think it was all over Charlotte's brides or uh, flower girl dress fitting. Kate was like three to four weeks postpartum. At oh, that point. okay. And so I don't think it was For like, sure then. had she not been postpartum, I ha- I oh, feel like she would have happened. But both of them had really like tensions running high. So I think it was just the perfect storm. Do you think it was Megan specifically causing the crying or do you think it was just situational? I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Okay. Quite honestly. Interesting. We, we've never talked about this. I just personally, as friends, we've never chatted about this and we most likely we'll text each other about four dozen times about world stuff throughout the week. So throughout the day. (laughs) Yeah. So I was just curious on that, but, um, so those were kind of my thoughts. Something else that I thought was interesting about Remembrance Day is France, Belgium, Poland, and Canada also observe the holiday. Mm -hmm. And obviously because they're in the Commonwealth, but the United States used to commemorate Armistice Day on November 11th. However, in 1954, they've officially changed the name to Veterans Day, which shout out to your boyfriend partner I don't want to just call him boyfriend because my man friend your man friend (laughs) I had a boyfriend for eight years who's now my husband so and I hated calling him um (laughs) boyfriend after you know I turned 25 and we'd been together forever so um shout out to Ian yes and thank you for your service okay so can we do the quiz real fast oh yes I'm gonna fail all right so True or false, the order of precedence is the same as the order of succession. False. Yay! I wish I had a bell to ding. Um, so think of it this way. 
it's the queen first. She's the order of precedence. And then Philip. Okay. But Philip is not in line to the throne. Charles is first in line to the throne, but he's technically third in order of precedence. So then it would be Camilla after Charles or yeah. no? Uh, yes, but only, but oh, let me get to my oh, next thing. Okay. Um, when Will and Kate are true or false, when Will and Kate are together, she does not have to curtsy to blood princesses. True. Yeah. Oh my, see, I only well, have four, so you're already 50% there. Her, sorry, <laughs> this is so crass. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like. That, well, okay, so I'm yeah. Sorry. So essentially, it is the um, so all of this. You I, can beep the the di's. Okay, that I can word. do that. You can beep it. Um, so I pieced some of this together by a Telegraph article by uh, Richard Eden in 2012. But the it he said the new rules of court make it clear that former Kate Middleton, when she is not accompanied by Prince William, must curtsy to the blood princesses, the Princess Royal. Well, she's not blood. That makes complete sense. Yes. So when she's with Will, his order of precedence is her order of precedence. Mm-hmm. When she's by herself, she falls below the order of precedence for blood princesses. I mean, it makes it makes logical sense to me in order of seniority and bloodline. Mm-hmm. Technically, then, would Megan have to curtsy to Archie if Harry was not around? No, because he doesn't have a title. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, it's just like... Dude, she almost tripped me up. <laughs> um, no, okay. wait. Okay, real quickly, then. Would Kate have to curtsy to George? I think so. If Will Will was not there, I think yes. Because didn't you remember in The Crown, Margaret would have to curtsy to Elizabeth? Yes. Yeah. Oh, but that wasn't her child. So I'm wondering... did the Queen Mother have to curtsy to Elizabeth? Yes. Oh, yep. Okay. So yeah, 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 there you go. Kate has to curtsy to George if Will's not present. Yeah. Can you imagine that temper tantrum? I wonder if it's (laughs) like after a certain age that that has to occur. Probably once they've been officially, why can't I think of the word? When they're made queen, made king. So not until after the coronation? Yeah, coronated. There you go. I think it's until after that. Okay. Because I genuinely, I do. I'm intrigued now. Now, okay, so you're going to have to I'm going to, okay, yeah. Um, So true or false, does Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, have to curtsy to Kate? No, false. True. She does? Mm-hmm. Well, wait, is Will with her? Well, just in general. like She does, even if yes. Will's not with But mm-hmm. is so, is so, Oh, because Sophie's not blood. No, Sorry. In no. my head, she was blood. Sorry. She's married to Edward, right? Or no, not Edward. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. That was um, my error. Yep. Sorry. Okay, so this one is a little bit like gossipy, but before the order of precedence was changed in 2005, because it was changed once in 2005 and again in 2011 after Kate married in. So before the order of precedence was changed in 2005, Princess Anne didn't have to curtsy to Camilla. Why well, wouldn't I say that's true? That's false. Princess Anne would have had to curtsy to her. Um, so after Charles remarried, the queen changed the order of precedence on blood principles. So neither Princess Anne nor Princess Alexandra, the granddaughter of George V, would have to curtsy to Camilla when her husband was not present. Was it Camilla specific, do you think? So this is what the gossip is, is that um, Anne was like, 
absolutely not. I'm not curtsying <laughs> to her because um, – and we'll get into this like probably in another episode, but Camilla's ex-husband and Princess Anne used to date. Oh, my I Lord. Know. I didn't know that. Yes. The Windsor. Oh, that's juicy. I know. That's so juicy. Of yeah. course, she'd be like, oh, for my dead body, will mm-hmm. I curtsy to that one? So, like, think about in a different world. Oh, it's going to drive her insane when they, like, when she's actually queen. But, like, also think, of, think about it. If Diana and Charles had never gotten together and he and Camilla had married, would Anne and, I don't even remember Camilla's ex-husband's name, Parker Bowles whatever his name was like how weird is it and also charles used to date diana's sister like the i feel like we need red string oh we should totally (laughs) (laughs) like a crazy wall literally it's a serial killer but it's incestual non-incestual but uh friend friend friendcest so (laughs) that's insane that's my quiz thank you you passed i barely i can't believe i missed that one, well, I got 50-50. I got two out of four. I can't believe I got the wrong one wrong about Sophie, though. I, I, it makes sense. I just, in my head, she was blood. That's okay. It's been a long day. Oh, it has. Um, so next up, I wanted to touch on the 60 Minutes um, Australia episode that just came out last week. Or it, I don't know if it's actually come out yet, but I saw the trailer for it last week. And it's Virginia Guffrey's being interviewed by the... Uh, God, I can't remember her name, the reporter there. But basically, uh, she's on camera saying that Prince Andrew should go to jail. I mean, is he ever going to, though? Probably not. I mean, that's a quote directly. She's also walking through by Jeffrey Epstein's townhome and talking about how she felt jailed there. Like, they're really, like, right in front. She talks about all the people that she's come into contact with, that there's been royals and billionaires and like, you know, the creme de la creme of society and no one's being held accountable for it. So, um, a lot of people keep referring back to Andrew definitely having an inappropriate relationship with minors, um, who say that they are trafficked and all of it's alleged until he's proven guilty. I stand to bully victims, um, I the trailer of the interview looks really interesting. I hope we'll be able to stream it in the United States. I haven't had a chance to look into it more, but definitely if you go on to Daily Mail, they have a trailer of it. So I would check that out. Um, I also, I, that's my lead into talking about the hot mic of Amy Robach on 2020 on ABC. So what mm-hmm. do you think about that? Do you guys know? Should we give them a, an update? Yeah, of yeah what go ahead happens? and explain that. So basically, Amy Robach. Uh, was caught on a hot mic, basically, which if you don't know what that means, it just means she was talking casually to either a guest or a coworker, not realizing her mic was still on. And she says the following quote, I've had this story for three years since 2015. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts, who's Virginia Guffrey. Mm -hmm. Um, We would not put it on the air. First of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. We were so afraid that we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will. That also quashed the story. It was unbelievable what we had. Bill, Bill Clinton, we had everything. I tried for years to get it to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's all, all like, oh, sorry, it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I'm so pissed right now. Every day I get more and more pissed. What we had was unreal. 
She And then she goes on to talk about Epstein's death and says, do I think he was killed? 100%. Yes, I do. He made his whole living blackmailing people. There were a lot of men on those planes, a lot of men who visited that island, and a lot of powerful men who came into that apartment, end quote. So she was caught saying this casually. I think the thing that has stuck out to a lot of people is about the palace kind of holding Will and Kate like a, a carrot, you know, like we will take Which- this away from you. It doesn't make any sense to me because Will and Kate don't know the the whole them interviewing because Will and Kate don't tend to offer interviews very often. So the things that I've heard from the most part, and I need to like look at the parent company of who ABC is and like what publications they might have and, and that whole circle. Of I did not. Okay. Where, what newspapers, what articles, like is are people in ABC, like is, is there any type of hierarchy Hierarchy there? And I, I should do a, a little bit more of a deep dive on that. My thought is, is I've been under the impression from the blogs that I've read that, for example, Megan and Harry, when frustrated with the British press, will release directly to American press. So I'm curious if there's ever that type of relationship in place for Will and Kate. Um I can see there definitely being a threat of, we're not going to give you coverage of the baby. You're not going to be able to like have your cameras there if you put this out. You mean whoever's been born since 2015 on Will and Kate's end. So if it was Charlotte and Louie. Yeah. So I could, because that's what people want to see, like throw a baby on screen. Everyone wants to click and watch and, and be with that. So I have, so Richard Palmer from the Daily Express, he tweeted this, Quote, I was off when this broke, but I'm puzzled why this failure of U.S. journalism was used to attack Bridget, British journalists who have been covering Andrew and Epstein despite similar legal warnings for years. In August, I retweeted NPR's expose of ABC and others, end quote. And I was able to find the British press and the Australian press and even some U.S. press um, outlets have multiple articles on the connection between Epstein and Andrew. I think that... It's been pushed aside by so many people. Even if it's being addressed, it gets it never hits the next level. You're thinking like like real life airtime. Airtime. I mean, like people can write think pieces and articles on the side, but if it's not getting addressed in, like I love this term from Lainey, uh, Lainey Louie, but um, it's called minivan majority. It's like you know, like your your Midwest Costco shoppers with their Midwest hedgehog haircuts. But anyway, if they don't know about it, um. It's not really known. Like, and so my viewpoint is kind of the mindset of like, would the common person know about the article that's being written on NPR or whatever's being written by the Australian press or whatever small article in the UK until it hits like ABC at night on TV where like the person's watching, eating their TV dinner. Um, it's not mainstream news. And okay, so, wait, I've got, so okay. we have Time Magazine, People.com, Sunday Telegraph, The Spectator, Wall Street Journal, well, The Eastern Edition. how often do you think people read that and are like, who the heck is USA Today. Hold on, I got more. But were they correlating that with Andrew? Yeah, all of these. So I did. Um, well, the I Vanity did... Fair article was always one of my favorite, like the problem with Andrew, it's titled, mm-hmm. and we covered it in that one of our practice episodes, but um, I think it's from 2011. And it talks about his relationship and friendship yeah. with him after he's been accused. All of I these, just don't know why it was never escalated. And I and that's the other thing is like, so while there might have been stuff from the press to or stuff from the palace to like squash any of these bigger things, 
maybe they saw this as you're right like the end all be all almost like the nightly if it was on the nightly news or like a what are they called like a 2020 Barbara Walters kind of deal. Sorry, I like couldn't no, think of I it. No, I know. Sometimes it's hard to find the word. I. It's funny. I never really had that problem until I started trying to record myself. Um, the the other thing I find that I'm curious if there's truth to the fact that until like the Me Too movement happened, people were less comfortable talking about you know the victimization of women through sex crimes and sex, tra- sex trafficking. I think about the fact that I have family who are now volunteering for sex trafficking organizations that like I don't even think five years ago would have known what that was or um, the crimes being handled and like the depth of like I almost want to say depravity against young women and minors. So I, for some reason, I think that it's people in the general public have become much more comfortable talking about these crimes. So maybe that's why it's finally getting airtime. And the fact that like Epstein, you know, was jailed and and has now just died. Um, And there's like this juicy, like what could have happened? People think he's in the witness protection program. People think he's dead. I mean, like, well, not think he's dead, think he was murdered, not just died by suicide. Um, I I don't know. I think it's a very juicy topic. I 100% allegedly <laughs> think that <laughs> the palace has put pressure on people to not cover it. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if the PR people, like this is what PR is supposed to do. They're supposed to squash anything that's unfavorable and put out favorable press. And I think the queen unfortunately has had something to do with it and I I mean it's and this goes back to like I had an acquaintance or well a good friend I shouldn't say acquaintance ask me this weekend like what does the royal family mean like what do you think the point of the royal family is and I said I think it's to keep the people calm when you see that kind of disruption and senior members of the royal family it does cause like ripples and waves of (laughs) do we need them what's the point you know, like these people are criminals. We're paying for this lifestyle. Like it just puts that little seed of doubt in people's heads of like, is this necessary? And I think that's Megan's biggest, not to cut back to her, but Megan's biggest mistake is she plants seeds of doubt and something that should be reassuring. Well, and that and was so, just the, the poll that came out too. Well, and, and that's what I was thinking. Would be, no, I'm like thinking this is a perfect time to cross into that is, mm-hmm. um, what's the official title of the poll? Oh, it's like Politico. <laughs> no, it's like Paul Richard Palmer again, and uh, he tweeted it, it out. Um, so basically, they did out. a poll on the most popular publicfirst.co.uk. I love how I'm like Politico in my head. My brain is gone. That's okay. Um, it was, and a, it was from a, October 31st, 2019. They did an online survey of a thousand people. It says. Sample size is 1,005. So um, it covered all of the senior royals. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was fascinating. I didn't go down to the breakdown of location because it goes from everything from like southeast and northwest and Scotland and Northern Ireland. And they broke it out by ages as well. So you can see which members of the royal family are really resonating with um, the younger generation, the older generation, it also talked about whether or not they were pro-monarchy um, or anti-monarchy. It seems like most people are still pro-monarchy. But like, yeah. Which 
I'm going to cut that out when I said like, yeah. No, oh please my. keep that in. Please keep that in. <laughs> Make me feel better. Um, no, it, it seems I was surprised by the amount of people that were still pro, like keep the royal family, which is 70%. Like, 73% love the queen. 67 love Kate. Um, Kate has incredibly high and very deserved positive reviews. I thought it was interesting. So they break it down between very positive, quite positive, neither positive nor negative, quite negative, very negative, and don't know. And I love how quite is like on there. Like mm-hmm. in an American quiz, it's like somewhat <laughs> negative and they're like quite so proper. Um, basically the breakdown is like Charles is kind of meh, um, which no one's surprised. Mm-mm. Which also my friend who I was speaking to was like, Charles doesn't have it. If you want to know what's going to disrupt the monarchy is Charles coming in. He's like, I think William could handle it. And I'm like, I agree with you. It's so funny. Like people can talk. Oh my God. I can't wait to Um, pick his brain. uh, And then Kate had a great review. Harry, I was surprised was was as high as it was, to be quite honest, because he's been... People love him. I mean, he's the the baby of the country. Everyone watched him grow up. Megan had a very low review. I mean, I, she still was overwhelmingly positive and positive with younger people, but she was second to lowest next to Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> and I was like, what on earth is she doing that is on the same page as allegedly raping children? So if you just want to go there, I'm like, how on earth? And so to me, I'm like, is there a perceived otherness about her is it her americanism is it the fact that she's not white is it the fact that she's complaining like what is so egregious that she is on the same level like just almost as low as andrew that's a really great question because nothing she's doing is i mean i get that she is an eye roll at times i get that she, but these are like human mistakes not like criminal felony mistakes <laughs> like but at the same time do you think that it's just because not even just the British people, but people hold monarchies to such higher standards that anything that doesn't fit in that Alleged box... Alleged child rapist. I'm just saying, anything <laughs> that does not fit in that box, regardless yes. of And I think is, part of that is race, unfortunately. Um, but I, do, I just definitely, like, it, it was shocking to me to see how low she was. I do think it's hopeful for her that she is scoring well with, like, the younger generation... Um, because those will be the people that will grow up with her in mm-hmm. some regards. Um, if she stays, I wanted to say enrolled as a Royal, but like under payment, what's the right word? If she stays like within the ground, within the firm, <laughs> within the firm, that's perfect. Um, but yes, definitely. I think it's really interesting to look at that. I'm glad that they want to keep the monarchy. I was like really worried that it was going to be like 50, 50 with all the Brexit stuff and, well, let's see how – I mean, I'm curious to see this poll once Elizabeth passes. And we will link to it mm-hmm. um, in our Instagram and on our show notes. Perfect. So, yeah. No, I think that's great. And then we had – what was the other thing I want to talk about? Oh, headlines. I want to talk about this really quickly because I think it's fascinating now that we're talking about Megan and the perceived otherness and all that other stuff that I just mentioned. There was a headline that I came across, and it was on Express, which is – such a tabloid. I'll just say that. But the headline was as follows. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry post heartbreaking update to send Instagram into meltdown. And I was just passing through other article headlines such as Sarah Ferguson laughs as she mounts luggage scooter in bizarre Beijing airport video. <laughs> the highlight of my life. Like I, 
if if I can do one thing on any trip, it's gonna be that. And then the second one that was like, hold on, Alex <laughs> sent that to me at work today, and I died. I we will link that. Don't you worry. Like if I can make that into a drinking game, I will. Oh um, my. The other headline: Meghan Markle's fifteen hundred Remembrance Day coat leads to backlash for Stella McCartney. So negative headline: Meghan Markle. Not so much backlash like on her. She didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. And then I see this one where it's like heartbreaking update and i'm like what is going on what did they well, do now, now? i want to know tell me so basically i'm going to read it, quote i'm going to read it to you okay on friday harry met up with wales rugby legend gareth thomas to talk about hiv the captain recently revealed he's hiv positive and so it was basically talking about the age like their goal of removing the stigma with hiv and he was openly talking about it and how it's not a death sentence and like okay read the headline to me again Meghan Markle and Prince Harry post heartbreaking update to send Instagram into meltdown. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, this is why people can't stand them. Because it's like, even on a subconscious level, if every single post is like, complain, 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 heartbreak, negative, meltdown, like nothing is reassured, nothing is calm. It's like, of course, people are going to just associate negative things about him. And I thought the post seemed overwhelmingly positive. It was. That was one of the post continued to explain this is a quote. The post continued to explain that the Duke shared a mag shared the magnitude of having a character as iconic of Gareth to to help show that with HIV a healthy life can still be led. Like he's an quote, Gareth is an excellent role model for anyone living in fear and an amazing example of both physical and mental strength. And then Harry also said, an estimated one in 14 people in the UK live with HIV and are still undiagnosed. Please get tested and take control of your life and your health. And he got tested. Yeah, I know. But like, where I, this just well, like that disgusted was... me so much that people are like ragging on this positive moment and being like, Harry and Meghan burning down the like monarchy, basically. And I'm just like, guys, get a hobby. Okay, this is why we have to have a multitude of new sources because when I read that I was elated and that was on like my miscellaneous like happy things I want to touch on no it's because it's wonderful news and um, I think it's wonderful that they're being public about it and they're showing that it's not you know so essentially just read multiple headlines read yes and don't assume every single negative headline about Megan and Harry is actually a negative headline about Megan and Harry so let's talk about the negative headline with the coat because Megan had nothing to do with that Stella McCartney coat Be- oh my god Stella McCartney who's okay so I think there's truth of like the political correctness of like maybe don't mention it like maybe not today maybe in a week be like we were so honored to have the Duchess wear this coat at a recent engagement and thank you which for is all yeah I think it's like delay tacky not I don't want to say tacky but I think it's unbecoming to talk about the brands and what the Royals wore on Remembrance Sunday because that's like picking apart somebody's outfit from a funeral that's my own take I know Alex I will always pick apart someone's outfit from a funeral uh, I'm gonna flash back to like a Sex and the City like episode when Samantha like their friend passes away was she the one that fell out the window no oh Oh. that's my favorite quote from life I'm so bored I could die and then she falls out a window I've literally said that it's one of the best anyway um knock on wood I don't want to die um but then no it's like early season um it was a fashion designer he passed away and everyone decided to wear his clothing to the oh, funeral. Yeah, okay. and every and like I think it was either Char no Charlotte was wearing it, Samantha was wearing it, Carrie wasn't, and Miranda of course was not did not care. Um, but basically, 
they were like, isn't it tacky to wear his clothes to his funeral? And they're like, are you kidding? Like this is it's his best show yet. Yes. And what so said, I, think. I think, I think when you are a public figure, um, and you are photographed fashion and spare game, it's part of the story that you're telling. Okay. And so I'm going to let Alex do the, the fashion well, for you wrote down all Sunday. the notes about it well, because I was remembering Sunday. Remember on Sunday, I was blown away by how regal Kate looked. It was breathtaking, and it was this moment. She was wearing a military-structured Alexander McQueen coat with tassels, and it looked like it looked like she was born to be royal. It was a very beautiful moment. I don't know who made her hat or her headpiece, but it, it was breathtaking. I don't know what the queen was wearing. I don't really know what Camilla was wearing. She was wearing one of her wheat hats. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That always looks like wheat blowing in the wind. Um, like Yankee Doodle stick a feather in his hat. I mean, she always looks the part of a plus one. Kate did not look like a plus one. She looked okay. like the story. And it was a really lovely moment. I enjoyed that. Um, I, I can't remember. Obviously, uh, Megan was in Stella McCartney. I don't know if her hat was by Stella McCartney. I don't think so. But her, she was in a bucket hat, and I want you to reference your Diana thing in a moment. But um, I thought she looked the best she's looked in some time. I thought it was very appropriate. She is not meant to look like she's a leader. She is meant to be a background player. And so there were. I read some articles about like this was too simple for Remembrance Day, and I'm like, oh my god, go away, just stop, why, stop, stop. Why does nothing please anyone? Exactly. But I thought I thought Megan looked wonderful. You even mentioned to me that you thought her bronzer and her makeup is looking the best it's looked in some time, and I this would agree. Whole week, she looks she glowing, crushed it. So can, no, well, well with her makeup, minus yeah. the eyelash glue from the other day, but that's another. But thing. can we go to the night before when she was in that Erdem floral Judy Garland nightmare dress? We can, yeah. I don't, I will, I can post these on the, on the story, but I think you, you mentioned like you can quote your, your blogger. Yeah. Her name is Jane. She runs a blog, um, from, from Berkshire to Buckingham. And this was actually, I have one on that that big fluffy coat she wore to the field of remembrance. Oh, the boucle navy coat that I actually yeah. really loved. It's yeah. like Centaller or however you say the name. Well, Jane had a really good quote I wanted to um, give her credit for it. She said, The coat gaped open in the front, which if part of the design can be edgy and fun. But here it is clear this was not the design of the coat. As a result, it looked a bit bundled on, a, l- a little bit bundled on. Megan is so petite, she really needs to be careful about the bundled look. That style can look glam on taller on a taller frame, but it can over, overwhelm someone of Megan's smaller stature. And I think I would agree I on agree. that with the the dress that she wore on Saturday night too. It overwhelmed her. I actually liked the concept of her outfit had she not belted it. I like like because I liked her um, the coat, the Centeller boucle navy coat. Um, I like the slouchy boots. I know you're not personally a fan I of... I hate on I don't, anyone. The issue is, is I don't think that they're... I think they work for a certain type of lifestyle. I don't know if they align with like royal, prim and proper look and feel, but when I Kate do... Kate has worn them. I haven't liked them either. I do like them. Um, I liked the mixture of textures. I did not care for the belting, and I agree that it looked super bunched and like ill-fitting. And... Um, it made me think that she's pregnant, to be quite honest. I think I'm obviously not alone. Like, everyone has commented on it. About oh, Gary. The fact, uh, about the fact, like, the buckling, the, like, hands. trying to cover it. Her hand. She does this thing. I, I'll just call him, like, the chipmunk, where she, like, puts her hands up and, like, just rests them on her <laughs> stomach. Um, 
and as a formerly pregnant person, like sometimes that's the most comfortable place to put your hands because you don't know what to do. You just have this like, but she's not, if she is pregnant, she's not pregnant enough to like not know where to put her hands. So I don't know. But, um, I liked the concept. I did not care for the execution. And this was, you're talking Saturday night. I'm talking about this, the Navy, Navy the, coat, the Navy coat. Now, if we can get to that Erdem monstrosity, that was like a pleated skirt with a, she had a very deep neckline, which I thought was breathtaking on her. If you look at her from the waist up with that neckline, her hair pulled back, her skin looks gorgeous. Like she is glowing home run. Now, when you look from that belted mismatched monstrosity on her waist and like that the was pleating, a very wide belt, it was, it looked so terrible. I don't have words. Whoever styled her, go away. Bad, 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 bad. It like, and it's another thing of like too much fabric on a petite frame. Mm -hmm. Had that been just like a T length fitted sheath dress, it would have been breathtaking, which is making me think once again, why are they hiding her body? I feel like she, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast, on the last episode, she is always 90% there. Well, this was 27%. Alex is offended. It was so bad. Like, but in fairness, okay. So if we would talk about what Kate was wearing, she was on a Navy boat line or not boat line or boat neck. I boat line. Wow, guys. But it's, what's the neckline? But I know what you're saying. Well, you guys might not know. Batu neck. Yeah. Thank or something you. Something like that. like that. We'll Google that one. She's wearing, and she has like a black waist uh, belt that Velvet. was part of the dress. Mm-hmm. And then she had the Zara headband that everyone's like geeking out about, which I'm not a fan of, but um, to each their own. I thought she looked really lovely. I was bored, but I think maybe that's the point of it. Do you think that the, the, she wanted people to be more focused on the yes. event. Than I just, what she was I just thought it was, it was boring. But she I'm sure okay showed up that. in Matt McQueen. So, I oh, that was my if you can't tell favorite outfit of the week, um, and you can also probably tell my least favorite outfit from the week from that too. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to um, check in about the fact that like I want to cover a speculation about pregnancy so in my brain I think she's pregnant Megan yes so and you don't you don't think she is because you think it's too soon if the if Archie was actually born in May then (laughs) hey guys this is what it is of course he was born in May or like fine and I'll give you end of April but like he was not born in like March well I'm just I think that it's I what mean, would be the reason to lie about it? Was she pregnant at the know. wedding? What would be I mean, the like, reason to lie about anything she lies about? I, okay. I just, I, I, to me. I don't know if it was like a PR thing or if the, fa- I, who, who knows what is So I think PR she might be. Sense. Okay. I think in my alleged thought process, I think her babies are born via IVF. Okay. Um, I don't know why. She's what, 37, 38? 38. She just turned 38 in August. (sighs) Okay. So part of me, like, this is my conspiracy. I think that before she was officially married, they probably did egg retrieval. They probably whipped up some perfect embryos that passed some tests to make sure that there were no genetic abnormalities because of her age and the fact that technically she has a geriatric pregnancy over 35. Mm -hmm. Um... 
I think, because I just, I mean, maybe she's really lucky and she was able to get pregnant right away. Those are the two options. One was with help, which I wouldn't put past it just because of the fear of a genetic abnormality with her age. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they have unlimited financial resource and medical care. Um, so sorry if you guys can hear my dog walking in the background. Um, and so I think that there could be that. So I think that they might have some things ready and willing, like just on ice, just right there. Um, I would even more so think that they are IVF babies if she, her next baby is a girl because they only want two kids and it would be too uncanny for her to get pregnant twice quickly with both a boy and a girl. Um, I will be real curious to see what happens. This is just my like gut feeling about the matter. Okay. Um, I do think she's probably pregnant. I think that they're wanting to get it done quickly. I think that partially due to her age and partially due to the fact that like, I don't think she wants to get in shape to, I, and it's funny cause I met with my doctor today and I was talking to them about like when I should start trying and they were like, Wait two years, like because birth spacing in the U.S. is twenty to twenty-four months, and they were just kind of like, let your body recover, rebuild those vitamins, minerals, and take care of your body, and then like get pregnant again and be super healthy. But I'm also thirty-three, so I don't know if like there's a rush because otherwise she'd be pregnant at like almost forty. You know, if she made that. So these are my like, and her body language is so telling. Like for someone who's a professional <laughs> actress, I. Was a professional. I'm telling you, she's not that good of an actress. <laughs> I watch suits. I mean, she's cute. I always thought she was cute, but um, I I don't know. I'll I'll be curious to see. I think there's a very good chance she is. I will be surprised if she isn't. Okay. Kate is never getting pregnant again, guys. Just putting it out there. Kate is done. She's got her body back. She's feeling herself. She is never doing it again. I'm letting you know that. There was I and I mean. I don't really care one way or the other. I would, I like babies are cute and I love them and there's, and I think that Will and Kate make great parents, um, from what we've seen. And so if they were to they have They seem another, very supportive of, yeah. of their children being themselves, especially under a ton of scrutiny and public opinion. So I think if they, there were just some speculation uh, stuff I saw online, people were saying she looked tired and I was like, well, she, she has, has three, three children kids. and like, a full-time job. She's tired. Um, I thought she looked fantastic. And then someone else said that she cut her bangs long, which is what she does before she gets pregnant. And they were commenting on how thin she was. But, um, and I think I forget that she always does get very thin when she gets pregnant because of her hyperemesis gravardium or whatever. And they were saying that, so I think the thing that set off all the speculation online was the fact that she, she does look very thin, um, and they are saying that she looked tired and the fact that she accompanied William to the, um, what was it called? The emergencies trust at St. Martin's in the field. And it wasn't only announced two days before. Interesting because it depends on how she's feeling. Cause she's, she has been known to have hard, um, first trimesters and second trimesters. I mean, she could be, she's, she does not have Botox right now to everyone who's like, she has baby Botox because her, um, God, I'm so shallow. Her frown lines are very defined right now. Alex um, notices things that nobody else ever would. Well, I am a, I am me. a, when I'm not actively breastfeeding or pregnant, I am a big 
believer in Botox and Juvederm and Restylane. Love them. Um, so... Sorry, that was me. And not, I wasn't doing the she shooting. Made, she made, she I was, just like basically shot herself in the head no. with a hand gesture. And it was her being like, I want some. And no, you don't need any. I don't want any Botox. I know you like your frown lines and your smile lines. They're my laugh lines. Your laugh lines. And I've earned every single one Which of is them. a good one. And I am like, put every chemical in my body as long oh, as no. I'm not feeding my child out of mine. And then, so when I'm done breastfeeding, I will... But um, no, she's definitely does not have Botox right now. So maybe she is trying. I would be surprised. They have three very healthy children. She seems to be coming into her own from a work standpoint. And getting to enjoy and thrive in your work is so empowering. And I think she's enjoying it. So it's like, why have to take that time off again? Yeah. So speaking of her kind of being in... um like a really good place work-wise. Do you want to talk about upcoming engagements? Yeah, you touched on that because I have nothing. Um, so the Duchess of Cambridge will be um, at the Nook in Norfolk on November 15th. Uh, she will be opening East Angeles Children's Hospices, which about five years ago she um, introduced as one of her charities. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge on November 18th will attend the... Royal Variety Performance at the Paladum Theatre in London. And this is actually a rotational event. Um, so Will and Kate attended in 2014 and 2017 and are not due to attend until 2020. But Charles and Camilla were due to attend this year but will be on tour. So Harry and Meghan actually went last year. That was when Meghan wore the Sophia uh, black and white top with the black skirt. Terrible. Love the designer though, because she that is the same designer that did the blue cape. Oh, the blue cape dress. was fabulous on her. Yes. The black and white thing was a monstrosity up there with that, shall we all say it again? That freaking Erdem thing I saw this weekend. It was terrible. I don't think she, I don't know if she just doesn't do well in a floral print. I'm wondering. It just, it almost looks like she's costumed. Okay. Because I think I'm used to seeing her in minimalist, flat color, like solid pieces. And I would love it if she incorporated more color into her wardrobe. I think color looks fantastic on oh, her. Oh, she looks great in color. That blue dress was fabulous on her. I want her to start. But I it. love her in creams and tans and army green. Yeah, but remember that yellow Ralph Lauren dress she wore? It was just like a yellow sheath dress from sleeveless oh, from Ralph Lauren. She just when looked she was so new. great in it. Yeah, but I also love that like blush dress she wore the first time, like for her first official engagement with the queen. Oh, the Givenchy? It wrinkled. I, she looked amazing from the waist up. I don't care. Um, that color on her skin tone was like heaven. Um, but yeah, no, I that black and white thing. I'll I'll look forward to seeing what they wear to this event. That's true. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so this will actually be, and you know, if Kate is pregnant, this will be the third time that she's there with a pregnancy because in 2014 she was pregnant with Charlotte, and in 2017 she went and was pregnant with Louis. So, um, let's see. The Duke of Cambridge will visit Kuwait and Oman December 1st through 4th. And then Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, will be in New York and Toronto doing the Global Ambassador of 100 Women in Finance's Next Generation Initiative. Um, and I... Uh, How old do you think she is? Because I, I looked into that today because you're always like, Megan should take a page out of Sophie's book. Because I love Sophie. I know you do. <laughs> and I don't know enough about her, so I need to like really get on that train because I believe anyone you love that much has some quality. Um, 
I don't actually know how old Sophie so is. So she's in between Diana and Fergie. She's like 61, I think. Or not in age, you're born. So Okay. Um I know their their eldest daughter, Lady Louise, just turned 16 last Thursday. So she's a little bit older. So I just think it's interesting because Megan is not that generation. Like I'm like, is she almost a boomer? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I th- what is she? Is she technically a millennial? Oh, not Megan. I'm talking about Sophie. Oh. Um, let, let me Google. Princess Sophie age. Sorry if you can hear me typing. I should have had that ready. I was just like looking at. She's 54. So she's nearly 20 years older than Megan. She's 17 years older. Um, yeah, no, I just think it's interesting about her age because she seems younger to me. She does. I mean, she's not going to ride a piece of luggage through an airport like her well, peer. you know. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> Don't you like... Like cringe. I wanted no, I just want to know like what Eugenie and Beatrice were like saying to each other via text, like, oh my god, mom got drunk at the airport again. <laughs> it's just an opinion. Um All right, favorite outfits? Well, I already gave mine, so you give yours. Okay. My favorite outfit this week is the Crown Princess Victoria. She wore monochrome pantsuit type thing in Bosnia and looked just stunning. Look at this. Oh, that's that's amazing. We'll post it on the Instagram. Um, she just, first of all, she's just. She pulled off a wide leg trouser, like one piece in a plum color with a head wrap. That is spectacular. And yeah, I just. She looks great in jewel tones. Was just like floored. I thought she looked amazing. Um, my least favorite. It's going to be Princess Maria of Denmark. Uh, the handkerchief skirt. I don't get it. I don't know why it's still a thing. Um, from the neck up, beautiful. The skirt just, I mean. I'm looking at it. Uh, the skirt alternates between like uh, almost like a traditional black floral from the 50s with like a white strip and then like a lavender strip. It kind of alternates different lengths. I do not care for it. I think it's more interesting and better fitting than the Erdem I saw on Megan. So I will still put that one down at the bottom. Oh, goodness. Um, I, dead to me. Like, I'm never... Um, so I think that's everything for this week. We will be back next week. And please email any of your questions to info at thesovereignty.com. And follow us on Instagram. We are officially on Apple, Spotify, Archer, and anywhere that you find your podcasts. Google Podcasts, yeah. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out. And please send us in some questions if you have any, because we'd love to give you some feedback and answers. And also, it gives us a reason to do some more research. So, Which, well, so welcomed. And we adore you guys. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye.